0: What's up y'all? Wanted to catch you before the show started to let you know that Better on the Inside now has a Facebook community. If you go to facebook.com slash betterontheinside, you could find a little uh, community there where the conversation from each of the episodes keeps going, and we continue to work to build a culture of healthy spiritual community and get to connect with some like-minded people. It's a really cool place to do it. So take a moment, go to facebook.com slash betterontheinside or follow the link in the show notes. You're listening to
1: Better on the Inside with John Pyle part of the TCD Podcast Network.
0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about working for a church without losing your soul. My name is John Pyle, and I am your host and your digital pastor. Hey, for this episode, I get to hang out with my friend, Michael Jones. He's a family pastor at Granite Creek Community Church, but more important than that, He's been my best friend for like 35 years. I mean, we've known each other since preschool, pre-preschool even. And we bonded over pop culture, movies, sports, a love of all of those things and being a little mischievous, too. So we have stories. Let's just say that we tell some of the stories on this podcast, too. He is in youth ministry and family ministry because he's the family pastor. And so he knows what it's like to do that. And he's worked in youth for 20 years. And so the pandemic has given him a unique perspective in what our teens and what our kids are going through. And he's been in ministry for 20 years. And so how does he do it, right? Because part of being a church that's better on the inside, it means as you get more involved and more connected, you don't just do more, you actually get closer to Jesus too. I worry that too often our churches have become a place where people can become a cog in the machine. And whether you're volunteering or whether you're on staff, that just doesn't feel good. You feel expendable and you're not expendable. You're a masterpiece. I want everyone to have a great relationship with Jesus, and that's a little bit of what we talk about here, how the pandemic has impacted youth group. He's got some amazing ideas, some good stories, and you will really dig this, I think. No matter where you are on the spectrum, if you have kids, teens, we talk mostly about teens in this episode, you will dig this if you work at a church or go to a church. as a valuable perspective here. I love this guy. I hope you will love this episode as well, because we could do this all day. Ladies and gentlemen, my episode of Michael Jones. What's up, y'all? I'm here with my longtime, 35 plus year best friend, Michael Jones. Here on Better on the Inside. What's up, man? Hey, hey John. Good to see you, man. At 35 years is a long time.
1: It is, man. It, it's 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 it always catches me by surprise. You know that, right? how long we've known each other, been friends and, you know, had our formative years together and, uh, and to be just so, so surprising. And what a blessing it is to, to still, to still going, you know, keep going.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, and to be fair, we're not that old, right? We met when we were like three, <laughs> so it's not like yeah, we were yeah. 50, you know, yeah. when we met in high school. And so I think, that's, uh, uh, it
1: was all over our love of Star Wars action figures.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. And yeah. I, we still have, you know what's funny? Somebody gifted our kids some of the like vintage Star Wars action figures, Oh, cool. and they love them. They think they're the coolest thing in the world because I'm trying to pass on that fandom yeah. of yeah. Star Wars and everything else. Well, we could talk about Star Wars all day, <laughs> but my friend Michael is a family pastor at Granite Creek Community Church, You've been doing youth stuff, family stuff, and all sorts of stuff, because every pastor does all sorts of stuff. So one of the things I wanted to have you on to talk about is what youth group and youth ministry looked like in a pandemic, because, man, it, my wife is a high school teacher, and so mm. we've just seen how challenging the pandemic has been for young kids. And so tell me a little bit about how it went for y'all.
1: Yeah, so... Um... It was definitely different. (laughs) Um, The interesting thing about that was I can remember, so like March 2020, when all this is going down, you know, we tried to be uh, up, you know, positive and looked at this as a blessing. And I can remember getting on a video telling all our parents and kids like, hey, enjoy this time. You know, you had nothing going on.
0: Yeah. Be with family. It's gonna be amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. two weeks. <laughs> oh man, Th- two weeks, and then this is over, guys. Right, we have right. two weeks just to hunker down. Yeah. And
1: we kind of did that for ourselves. And so when all this went down, it was, hey, let's just relax. Let's let's really take a beat. Let's, you know, seek God and let's do something that we've never been able to do before. And although that was good, but um, Man, I come. I come to eat my words on that video that
0: I sent out. Like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bet you we all have a video like that.
1: Yeah, that's. Yeah.
0: A, the, I call that the Tiger King portion of the pandemic, where we were just <laughs> all right. like sitting at home <laughs> watching Tiger King and being like, "Man, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> Joe Exotic is the best. Oh, I got. I ordered my groceries. <laughs> this isn't gonna last right. for long. This is fun. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we get a vacation. It was like vacation, <laughs> like, and we were just. that portion we were so innocent we were so innocent so (laughs) i'm sure there's clips of me saying similar stuff yeah
1: so i mean yeah for for i would say about a month we were just kind of uh autopilot you know and, and trying to figure it out and then realizing no this is we're we're in this for the long haul and uh, you know, it went from let's cancel our March events, cancel our May events, and wow, now we're canceling summer events. And and I think at that point is when we really kind of kicked in, as far as okay, now we need to do something. We can't do what normal life looks like, but what is the new normal? Yeah. And um, we just did some. You know, I look back at it, and it was. And we, uh, so I, during this time, I was alongside our youth pastor, um, and helping her figure this out, navigate this. And, you know, I've, I've been working with youth for 20 years and I had never had to deal with something like this. Mm -hmm. And so this was all in the forefront. And, and so she kind of was maybe a year into the job Mm -hmm. as a full-time youth pastor. Um, and so she did such a great job figuring it out and creating, you know, community in a world where there was no community and, yeah. you know, and I can go on and on about how, yes, the kids were absolutely flexible. Yes. The kids were resilient, but at the end of the day, you could see that they, they did strive for that face-to-face community. Mm. And, um, and you, you know, they, they didn't complain, to be honest, we got more complaints from parents. And, of course. you know, uh, and the, the kids are just kind of going along with the flow. But, uh, but, 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 uh, we did see eventually like, okay, no, we do need to do something. And we came up with this really cool, like summer activity where, um, we couldn't do really things together, but we mm-hmm. came up with this game of, we all had like these, like a little picture and we painted, we hit it somewhere on our doorstep. And uh-huh. it was the job of other kids to come and steal from each other, right? So that was like a competition, and it was like this great way of seeing each other face to face without really being together, and yeah. uh, that was fun. And man, I, I loved—I I still do—I love scaring people. I don't know what it yeah. is in me, <laughs> <laughs> but I positioned myself in such a way when these kids are coming up to my doorstep, like, "What are you doing?" Seeing them freak out and. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'm old, so I do, I can't stay up late. So eventually they got me,
0: yeah. Oh man, that is brilliant. First of all, I love the idea. Like I love the idea of getting face to face because as connected as this generation is and they, you know, they love being connected. They love social media. They love all of those things. Right. And the generation after them will be the same. There's no replacement for face to face community. Right. Right. And they were lacking because they weren't getting it in school. They weren't getting it, um, you know, in their sports teams like they usually would or their extra Yeah. And so the fact that y'all could go house to house, and that's kind of one of the advantages of the church, right, is that Mm -hmm. we know each other personally. It's not a business relationship. So having somebody from the church go to your house or encouraging other people from the church to go to your house is awesome. That's a really really cool thing. I love that idea. Yeah, it also really fits fun. your it fits your personality too. <laughs> like that sounds like something that we would do as kids yeah. growing up without like, you know, connection to anything. It makes me think of the great toilet paper war of the summer of 98. <laughs> right? I think it was the summer of 98. Oh yeah, summer of 98, man. Uh, that we that was... took way too seriously. <laughs> chasing people down the street and
1: yeah toilet paper just that was a good time
0: yeah man oh we we might have to do an extended pod about the toilet paper (laughs) war of 98 and the extended hijinks maybe a documentary like one of those oral histories where they talk to everybody involved right Um, yeah uh, i also love that you scare people still like that's something (laughs) that like that meticulous planning and like mischievous streak is so fantastic but What here's what I do see in that. Like there is actually an application. It's not just, Hey, this guy's my friend. I think it's amazing. But the application is that that's very you. It's your personality and it's authentically you. And kids are attracted to adults that are authentically themselves. Not the coolest adult, not the like, Hey, I'm hip wearing. uh, I know skinny jeans probably aren't cool anymore. (laughs) It's like whatever jeans are cool. And all it's like, hey, I'm the pastor. Like that's not what kids are going toward. They they like adults that are authentically themselves and comfortable in their own skin. So I love that idea. Yeah, and it sounds like you had a great partner, you know, working with the youth pastor, turning turning some ideas there. Yeah,
1: we of course did probably like every church did youth group on Zoom for a while, and yeah, there was just no ways about it. It was lame. But I think what she did such a good job was is that she was just consistent about it. Like, right. I, I think I would tell her over and over, you know, if I was still the youth pastor in this time, I would have been like, no, this is lame. We're going to wait until it's all done. And, yeah. you know, and she didn't do that. So, um, was it lame? Yes, but she was consistent. And and I think that's what was missing from the kids' lives, was, the, mm. was that consistency, you know? Right. Yeah, because... It's the very thing we said, "Hey, enjoy this time cuz you got nothing planned," but at the same time, you lose that. And then yeah. you're just like, "I don't have the consistency of going to school. I don't have the consistency of sports teams. I don't have the consistency of Wednesday night youth group." And um, but we just kept that up. And we were surprised that, you know, a lot of youth groups in the area, they they didn't do that and mm. or not as fast as as we got it going. So, right. um, Because again, it was like one of those things where like a lot of the older youth pastors were like, yeah, this is lame. We'll just wait till this is over to the point that we can't, we can't wait that long
0: because now we don't know when this is going to end. So, yeah. And if, but if you waited too long, it was a huge detriment because then you're, you're, you're having to restart basically. Right. If you waited too long versus the continuity that you talked about and consistency of we got something, it might be lame. But it's something. <laughs> but it's something. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and I think in talking to other people that have worked with youth and seeing how my wife's job works as a high school, it's like even if it's lame and they don't come, if they know they could come, that mm. provides some kind of comfort. Right. Oh, that's good. That yeah. provides so, some kind of sense of I could do this even if I choose not to, even if I'm too bummed out, even if my parents are nagging me even if I'm grounded. Yeah. I could do this. Right. I may not choose to, but I could. And yeah. that is that there's some power in consistency even in lameness. All right?
1: And even like we said like a lot of choices were gone. And you're yeah. right. That was good just like I could do this. Now I have a choice. Almost like kind of give us a little bit of power back from this thing that's kind of robbed us, you know?
0: Well, that's true. And so. I I feel like nobody felt less power uh, more powerless mm. than teenagers, yeah, of you're not like us as adults, it's like, okay, well, we can order a bunch of stuff on Amazon. Like mm. everybody did something weird to get through the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people were just super into plants for a little while, or <laughs> yeah. we, you know you made your own bread or whatever. Yeah. everybody did something weird like that. But like teens, like they had they have no, they didn't have that same empowerment to just do something we kind of expected them to like, you still got to go to school. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and all that. So I think that's a really, that's a really good point. Um, in just talking about the consistency that you guys did. And it's a really good execution step. What, what were you seeing in the kids and what have you been seeing in the kids now? Like, how are they doing? How are they feeling?
1: You know, I, I, I do think they're kind of back into that. Yeah you know, we're that resilient mode that, um, you know, our schools, even with the rise of everything happening, our schools have not shut down. Um, there was talks about it, but it hasn't shut down. So they're still going, you know, class sizes are smaller. And I think it's just, it's the new normal for them. You know, I think that, um, they're just doing their best to try to navigate it again. They're, they're kind of torn between this world of, you know, my parents think one way, I might think another, um, what's safe. And, you know, it, it's in a way it's brought more maturity, you know, to them because yeah. now they're kind of seeing that, you know, there's that the world's far more complex, uh, than, than they thought or how it was growing up. Um, you, you know, I have seen, and it's kind of sad, you know, and I think this is, yeah, this is probably the saddest thing that I've seen is that I'm seeing like seniors or juniors, just not caring about their senior year. Like, mm. I'd rather just take my GED and be done. Like, like some of the, this yeah. stuff happened. I was in the middle of my sophomore year. i missed miss a lot. Like I'm not close with people. I'm not, you know, like for us, you know, we yeah. look forward to those senior activities. You know, we look forward mm-hmm. to, enjoying and and our senior year was just going to be a party. And I think a kid, some of these kids are just, we're done. You know, we, you know, we, we, we're not missing what we didn't have, you know? And, and that is sad. That, that, that is a travesty,
0: you know? um, Those are such fun things. And it's such a part of childhood. Like it's easy to forget that teenagers are children and they're, they're missing a part of childhood. And so much of what got me hyped for senior year Was watching other seniors, and we're at a point now where freshmen, you know, haven't seen it. Sophomores Mm. are like like sophomores haven't seen it, right? It's been two years, and they haven't seen. You know, my wife commented that I mean, you talked about them being more mature uh, growing up, right? Not even Mm -hmm. like uh, grappling with complex problems, but she talked about this year feeling like she had two years of freshmen. Oh, yeah. Just because they don't they don't know their way around campus. Oh yeah they, yeah. they don't know the the usual activities because so much of high school is like learned behavior. And I would say middle school is probably the same. You show up and you do what the older kids are doing. And you just like, Okay, so that's how that's done. Okay, this is the bathroom to go to, this is the lunch line. And when you don't have right. that, you end up with what feels like two sets of freshmen. And so Yeah, that, I know, yeah. That's so true. A travesty is true. A travesty is a great way to describe it. These poor kids just not getting what felt like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, for kids and that and that's oh man, that's really hard. I think they've but in part of what you're saying they've adjusted quite a bit, and I think we as the adults are now the ones that are slow to adjust. Mm-hmm. I think they've accepted that this is what the world is like, and I think we're like hold on to, to some semblance of the way that it was. And and it doesn't seem like there is hung up on that. Right. Yeah.
1: And I'm, I'm just, you know, the data is still out, but what, what is like elementary school kids going to look like? You know, what is high school going to look like for them? You know, like our kids, our kids are around the same age. Um, that really, I know for me, my own personal kids for a long time, like their world really didn't change much. You know, it wasn't too much, you know, we, 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 we homeschool. So, um, it didn't, didn't really affect them right away. Maybe it wasn't even like until a year is in when they started, you know, my oldest was like, you know, I wish this would just go away. I wish this wasn't a thing, you know, but, um, but yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes next, you know, for that
0: next generation. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's been brutal on their mental health, even if they can't describe it. Because h- how do you even describe it? Like, none of us have the language to talk about what a pandemic, you know, my 10-year-old described it this way. He said, the pandemic has taken so much from us. Mm. And that just, like, hit me in the chest. Right. Like, right to the heart of, like, okay, yeah. so you are paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like, because sometimes he can just seem like, man, whatever, okay, we yeah. got to wear masks because grandma might get sick, um, you know, because the whole reason to get them vaccinated was so that they wouldn't have to wear masks anymore, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we have this uptick and it's like, hey guys, we got to wear masks again, you know, like, yeah, and yeah. they're so frustrated, but but that showed me that they're paying attention and they understand mm-hmm. the loss. Yeah. It's just so much loss that has come with the pandemic. And we're not even talking about the people we've lost. Right. I mean, I, it's like 600,000 people at this point, yeah. which is, it's almost incalculable. Right. It's I, like, insane. It, it's like, it's unbelievable. Cause you know, as kids, we grew up in the, like the Columbine, like school shooting kind of era. And it's like, man, if, if five kids died that would stop the world for a week mm-hmm. and you know we're also 9 11 right and like we have all these tragedies that we draw from but like six hundred thousand is just a different level it's just a completely different level so that loss i think is just is so present in the right. psyches of these kids and to your point what is that going to do how is that going to impact them in 5, 10, 15 years? What is that going to look like? Right. Uh, Cuz
1: that's something we we didn't grow up with, right? We didn't grow up right. with. I mean, I think our biggest fear was war. You know, yeah. like oh, there's going to be a war, but we were still too young to really like oh, that won't affect us, but it was still maybe like a thought in our head like was war. Yeah. You yep. know, we didn't we didn't have that to worry about. And now yeah, kids are going to grow up like, oh, pandemics are a real thing you know, mm-hmm. then, and it can affect America. And I guess that's probably the other thing we didn't think about is, you know, where we live in America, we don't deal with sickness on that level. You know? Yeah. That's so and, true. And now next generations are.
0: Yeah. Well, and you make a great point talking about America, right? Younger generations in other places having visited, you know, you know, Mexico touches both of our States. Um, we, you know, going down there, going to Africa, going to other spots in the world, their kids have always thought about sickness and pandemics right. and our kids have never had to think about that. So it's taken some of the comfort of, we really grew up in that like cold war, red dawn Rambo, like action, <laughs> right. like USA era. Yeah, of, like. Yeah we're the strongest in the world, number one, like hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan um, <laughs> was really like what and you know, like, it was nuclear war. I remember being like, we'd have, you know, I don't think get <laughs> drills. I can't remember having drills. But yeah. I remember thinking that nuclear war was possible growing up. Yeah. And, yeah. I
1: mean, you watch the Terminator enough times you think, oh, this is possible.
0: <laughs> that's right. Right. Yeah. Here it comes. Judgment Day. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Uh our it's so funny because our language is so casually referencing of movies yeah. that we yeah. like that, that we draw from. It's it's wonderful. So the kid we know we don't know what's gonna happen to the kids. We don't know yeah. what the long-term effects of all of that are. But shifting a little bit of perspective, I wonder about the long-term effects of youth pastors. Mm-hmm. And you've been working with youth for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious your perspective on what the long-term effects might be on youth pastors. And then also how have you managed to work with teenagers for 20 years?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't, I wish I could have such a a, a good answer, but you know, it's just an in, inherent desire that I've just kind of felt. I don't know if it's my thing of, I just never wanted to grow up. I still wanted to do mm-hmm fun things um who knows because yeah yeah the the average i think youth pastor um time is very low i think at one point it was like 18 months i remember hearing yeah, yeah and it's yeah. probably gone up a little bit more but um but yeah 18 months I, I can remember i think right when i became a junior high my first position was a junior high director and i remember hearing that statistic of 18 months and just, just surprising. Um, <clears throat> and part of it is because, you know, a lot of it, youth ministry is a stepping stone, right? Yeah. Something bigger. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely wasn't easy, you know, uh, staying, uh, being a youth pastor for so long and being involved with the youth. Um, but I think you just, you, you you celebrate the wins that you get and, you know, the. The losses you learn from, and you just keep going. It's been weird to to see. I've had you know in over twenty years, different times of kids, right? So yeah. different. Uh, just like I, one group was. I had one group, and then they, you know, they age out, and then get another group, and another group, and and that's been interesting. And a lot of it's been really interesting seeing a lot of the um, uh, former youth now have families right kids of their own and man if that if that doesn't age you i don't know what does you know <laughs> so, yeah so.
0: when your when your kids like your babies having babies right your kids <laughs> that have come through now have kids you're like you don't get to have kids yet what no right? if you yeah. have kids that means i'm old <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah oh that's amazing what Part of what you connected to is purpose and calling, right? It's like, if you could not work with youth, like there have been times when when somebody's operating in their calling, right? I was reading or doing some research, I can't remember, but the word passion, it kind of means what you're willing to suffer for. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people, when they're in their calling, like there are times where you go, I would give up if I could. Like, yeah. God, if I could stop this, I would, but I can't. This is just what you've laid on me. So there's a piece of it that's part of purpose and, and that's really unique. And so I love that you connected it to purpose because it's not just something you do, right? It's kind of something that, that you right. have within you. What kind of advice would you give? Cause there are going to be other youth directors, mm-hmm. pastors, helpers, volunteers listening to this, right? Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give them? Like, what would you say to go, if you want to stay in it 20 plus years and not just use it as a stepping stone, what would you say to them?
1: So, yeah. So I, I, I think there, there, there are two types of people, right? There are, or there are two types of, of youth pastors there are those that, that do feel called and like, just have a burning desire to work with youth for whatever reason. And um, I think, just kind of what I said, you know, um, I think for those people, uh, my advice is to always, yeah, celebrate every win you have, you know, um, big or small, because a lot there, they, you know, you, you are, you are in a sense, you know, bringing the gospel, you are in a sense discipling the next leaders of the church. And if there's not a target on your back for that, then I don't know what would be. So you are going to get, you're going to get hammered with everything. You're going to get hammered with, uh, you know, parents that think they know your job better. You're going to get hammered with, (laughs) you know, people telling you you should do this and do that. Um, and I just think, you know, hold true to, to the vision that God's given you for the youth. Of course, every vision has to Align with your church and with your senior pastor, of course, but, but hold to the pastor that, that God's called you to be, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's called you for these specific kids, for these specific students. And there's no one going to be better at that time in their life than, than you. And so hold that. And one thing my wife always tells me, like, you know, does God love the youth? Yes. Does God love you? Yes. So you're going to win. So, because God loves his people, God loves you personally, that you're going to win at that. So, so just hold to those truths, hold to, to who you are and know who you are, that you're, you are called for this time in their lives. Um, and then for, yeah, for the people that are, hey, I want to be a pastor. I want to have a church someday. And their senior pastor says, well, we need someone to work with the youth. Go do it.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, That's a whole different thing. And my advice to you is, you know, be open, be open to change, be open to, to, uh, you know, if you're in the, in the job of, of changing lives, you know, be open to, yeah, maybe you're not changing the lives you thought you would. Maybe it's a different age demographic. But be open to letting you know God do something to you, and in truth, right? If if you're a young guy or, or, or girl uh, that is looking to start a church, that could be your church, right? That mm-hmm. could be your future church. So so just be open to work to where God has you in the moment, because almost like the same advice, this is where God has you now. You know, do it one hundred percent, and you know, and maybe yeah, maybe you're there for only eighteen months, and then you're moving on great but do those 18 months with 100%. So. Yeah.
0: Bro, that'll preach right there. Yeah. <laughs> that'll <laughs> preach right there. Well, and I mean, I think that's part of what has kept you going, right? Is that vision of of not just what God has put in you, but the vision of going forward and what you can do with those kids.
1: Yeah, and you know, it 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 is one of those things to where you Yeah, you don't you don't get the instant gratification like you don't always know what you're doing is right. (laughs) Um, You know, but then every once in a while a kid will say something and then like, that's just enough, right. That's just enough to keep you going. It's just enough to keep the gas in the tank. And then, you know, just having a, uh, a senior pastor or a lead pastor, just supporting you um, is huge too. Um, Of course, Not every church is perfect. Every church has their problems. Every church has their disagreements. And yeah, there were times that, you know, I saw things different, but, uh, the ultimate vision that like our church has for, for youth and for families is important too, because if, if you don't have, if it, like there could have been times like, where I, you know, I want to quit, I want to move on different church, you know, take my bags and my toys and go home. Yeah. But it was the vision of the bigger church that keeps you going. It's the, it's Mm. the, it's the vision that, um, and I think, yeah, I think if there was no vision for the ultimate, the bigger church uh, on what, you know, my small part was, then yeah, I probably would have quit a long time ago, you know? So I think having a senior pastor that's involved, that is, you know, working with you and has, and has a vision, not just for, you know, his area of
0: ministry, but for the whole church. So is really helpful. Mm. That's good. And yeah. you are definitely not the first person to maybe see it a little differently than their senior pastor, right? I think yeah, everybody yeah. No, everyone is nodding their head. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everyone is nodding their head going, yeah, but if somebody has clarity of vision right. and it's somebody that you can work with and, you know, especially a person of character, it's like, well, okay, I can roll with this, man. We have clarity and we know what God is calling us to do, so let's do it.
1: And a lot of it too, like we, you know, we we try to operate our staff as as family, so um, not necessarily corporate or you know, um, you know, like like a business, yeah. But yeah. which is, you know, it, it that's important too, but at the end of the day, you know, we try to operate as family. And so if there are issues, you know, that we're not going to always agree, but at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, you just got to listen to dad, you know, you yeah. just got to follow in step. And, and so that, although sometimes it's, it's difficult, it's not difficult to have that habit. It's not
0: difficult to, to do that. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm mm. making sense on that one. No, that um, that makes sense. But once yeah. you, But once you build trust in somebody, that gets easier to do. Right. And I think that's that's what it is. You've seen it play out, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen it go, I didn't agree with you here. This is what we did. And at the end of the day, right, whether the result is right or whether you just felt like you could speak into it, at the end of the day, it's done. And you go, okay, that built trust. Yeah. And so when you build that trust, it becomes easier in the future to go, yeah, I don't agree with you, but I do trust you. Right. So let's go.
1: And yeah, and the easy, the easy road is to quit. The easy road is to be like, well, no, I'm, I'm leaving, but that's not always the right, right thing to do. So.
0: Yeah. My way or the highway. Right. Right. And it's so easy to get locked into that mentality, man. Michael, thank you for sharing some of these great insights for you. (laughs) Now you have more insights. We get to the non judgment zone of joy (laughs) to which I need a theme song. And until then I'll just sing it like the non judgment zone of joy. Happy action, fun time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, I love it. That's perfect. And so one of the things that uh, erodes people's soul that I see in ministry is that they just don't have a lot of joy and joy can easily just be fleeting or not exist at all. And so I just I love talking to people in this section about what is bringing them joy. Is there like a movie, a book, music? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be pop culture. It could be something that you do. It could you know, it don't right. have to be your family. Like what are like what are the things that are <laughs> bringing you joy?
1: I don't have to give like the spiritual like right answer. Yeah, right, I right. You don't have to be like
0: Jesus is bringing me <laughs> joy right now. Yeah, you can just yeah, pick something that's right. like, that's why yeah. it's the non-judgmental zone. The uh-huh. first time I asked this question, actually, it was another pastor, and he's like, I'm watching Ozark right now, and it's really <laughs> dark, and I'm like, no, it's cool, you can say Ozark, you don't have to say The Chosen, like, yeah. you can you can <laughs> share whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. it is. Thanks, <laughs> I don't have to say The
1: Chosen, yeah. oh, man, okay, uh, man, what's bringing me joy right now? Yeah. Um, well, you, you know me, you know that my whole life I've just, I've always been wrapped up in movies and I, I yes. love movies and that's, that's not changed. And I still have a huge movie collection. And, uh, and so just, just watching movies will always bring me joy.
0: And yeah. uh, the last
1: one we just watched and I, I hadn't seen it in the theater. So it was a first time watch for me. We end up, me and my wife watched all the bond movies the new Daniel yeah. Craig ones. Oh, oh man, yeah. those are so good. I, I They're so good. I I just love the, the writing was so good, like just all the way through and how it just connected all the dots. And I kind of forgot just how connected all those movies are.
0: Right. Um,
1: and they're not just like an individual Bond adventure. So, yeah, and it ended, I thought, my wife hated the ending. I thought it ended well. I'm not going to say what it is, but. Um,
0: the, the ending was perfect. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was so excited about the ending yeah. because, to your point, if you haven't, like, they come out like every three or four years, mm-hmm. and it's not like Marvel where you have all this like connected tissue of like, you know, I somebody made a joke on Twitter the other day of like every end credits of every Marvel's movies is like, oh, it's Lefugendorf showed up, and you're like, <laughs> I have to go search who that is because I don't know right. who that is. But yeah. Bond movies don't have that same connective tissue. So, But you've got this whole arc played out over four right. or five movies that's beautiful. I love the ending. So I'm yeah, with you. We won't give too. it away. Yeah. No spoilers. No but spoilers. the ending is great. And we yeah. love the Daniel Craig Bond. Sky. I think Skyfall might be my It's got to be like my top three of favorite movies.
1: Yeah, Skyfall was great. And I forgot how good that was. Uh, before that, I always loved Casino Royale. And I just like the whole the poker scene and oh yeah i just thought it was just a great movie uh, and um but uh but yeah skyfall was great and you know it, it was interesting like you were the first person to ever introduced me to who bond was like i can remember just kind of going to your house and like we'd get ready to play like something and you're like you're yeah. bond and i'm like who's that <laughs> and, or like, i'm like who's no. that and uh and, like you introduced me to this world of sean connery and jaws that crazy bad guy and odd job and
0: um but yeah it is cool it, yeah well we were so what's so funny is that i really wanted to grow up and be james bond that's like the first <laughs> thing i can remember wanting to yeah. grow up to be and you know we were young but like loved the bond movies like yeah. i watched them all the time and i know that we you know and your love of movies is part of why i love movies because i i didn't understand and Amanda, uh, my wife, Amanda, we talk about this a lot. She's a theater teacher. So we watch a lot of movies and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't like talk in depth about the movies that they see. Right. They just kind of see it and they were like, how did you like it? Oh, it was pretty good. And then they move on and we're going like, Oh, the motif of fall.
1: Right. right. was really, and it's not <laughs> even
0: like, it's not even the depth of it, but it's just, it's having a conversation below the surface of yeah. even just like we talked about bond and how it just tied all of these things together for this character who we start with in Casino Royale, which mm-hmm. was better than I remember. We just watched, I just watched it after watching No yeah. Time to Die. It was it was great because there it's at the beginning of his career. Right. And it's like you get to watch this whole career as 007 play out. And there, there are so many strong character choices of understanding mm-hmm. who this Bond is and how deeply he's been hurt and what that causes him to do. And I think some of what it says about the world at the end is why I love the ending so much. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, yeah, that, that's so true, that the whole idea of you know how Bond and all those other movies was like, oh, he's the womanizer. Mm-hmm. And in that first movie, you realize, oh, yeah, he's never going to trust another woman again. And yeah. in, in large part, that's pretty much what all these movies have been about, is trust. Mm. You know, as how is he going to get that back? So, um, they just didn't leave him out. As uh, yep, he's the the womanizing, woman hating, you know, right. gun wielding man. No, there there was complexity to to the Daniel Craig Bonds,
0: which have been great. Yes. So, oh, dude, absolutely, because. Oh man, I could talk about this forever. But now yes. I see a Roger Morbon. Yeah. <laughs> now I see Bond a Roger Moore Bond movie. Oh, Bond podcast. That would be great. Uh the Bond squad. Um <laughs> and I you know, you watch a Roger Morbon and he's just like, oink, oink, Yeah. And then it's like a woman dies and he's just yeah. like, nah, "Whatever. Who cares?" and just moving on and it feels very weird now that I've right. been through the Daniel Craig movies. You know, I guess I could give a spoiler alert for 40-year-old Roger Moore Bond movies that women die in them. Um, <laughs> but I think people that go into that understand it. So repurposing that. Dude, uh, movies bring me joy too, in part because yeah. of you. So it was cool to be able to share this and hang out and and chat a little bit. I'm, I will definitely have to have you back on, and we'll definitely have to yeah, do more fun, stuff man. like this. This was awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. just, again, yeah. I, you know,
1: just being friends for thirty-five years, and I've told you this, and I'll probably always tell you this: like God knew what He was doing, bringing mm-hmm. us together, and then to for us both to be pastors, we didn't grow up wanting to be pastors. We never talked about someday when we're in the ministry, it's going to be no. awesome. <laughs> you know, no, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> we both had different ideas of what our lives were going to be, but I, apparently, God gave us the best life. So uh it's been fun. It's been it's, fun to like,
0: unbelievable. to
1: see what you do, to see you preach, and you know, to glean off of you and to ask for your advice, and to know that you're in the trenches with me. It's been, it's been amazing. So,
0: yeah. it it has been amazing to share like a whole life, right? And yeah. God definitely knew what He was doing. Of. We've just got so many reference points and kind of not growing up in church. Like, hey, we're going to be pastors. But then all of a sudden we're like, hey, we're pastors. Like, what? (laughs) how did that happen? Um, And, you know, our failed Bible study, I think we might need to do, I I won't say failed, (laughs) our first Bible study. Our first Bible Uh, study. It wasn't a failure. People came. People came. It it is not a failure. Maybe we need to find Matt and get him on and have a whole big show revisited episode. Uh, yeah. In giving advice on starting things because we were, I like the thing that strikes me is so funny. We didn't know anything. No, like uh, we weren't like trained or anything, but we're like, you know, we're going to do this thing. Right. And we did it. That was awesome. Yeah, dude. <sighs> so much history, so much love. Thank you for being my friend. Oh, it's thank so you, man. good to talk to you, man. Yeah all right uh, hey thank you everybody for listening it felt like kind of a private conversation that we recorded which would have been how the conversation went whether anybody was listening or not yeah hey, but thank you guys for uh for checking this out we'll see you again soon wow i love my child chatting with michael whether we're talking about youth ministry whether we're talking about growing up or whether we're talking about bond it is just so much fun to have a conversation with this guy i truly truly love him and i'm so thankful to call him a friend Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, and I hope you joined the conversation. I want to make sure you click the subscribe button, too. Don't forget to do that so that you can continue to do this and wherever you're listening to this today. And you can ask questions by using the voice message function on Anchor or Spotify or by emailing me at john at betterontheinside.com. That is john, J-O-N, at betterontheinside.com. This podcast is a City Church production and part of the Church Digital Network or the TCD Network. Yes, those guys are awesome. Hey, I love y'all and I'll see you again soon.